I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. To going off track. My name is Stephen. We are here at the Rubber Track Studio in glorious Williamsburg, Brooklyn. The entire studio is wearing skinny black jeans. Uh, Brad Worrell is here. Jonah Bear is here. We are going off track. Today's guest is Matt Devine from Kill Hannah. Very good friend of mine. He played our launch party. Our, our fantastic going off track launch party. That, in just a little bit of kudos to us. We've mentioned this before. We'll do it again. Time Out Magazine wrote about it. Yeah, no we, big deal. We didn't reach out to Time, time Out. Time Out reached out to us, and uh, it was wonderful. And, and we had a, a very nice party where we were all given drink tickets. And as a uh, dad, I haven't been given drink tickets in a long time. <laughs> it was probably one of the greatest <laughs> gifts I've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, drink you know, tickets. It's like, wow. It's like, what, for me? <laughs> Used to be go to the bar, to the bartender. Cool. Thanks for the drink tickets, man. Appreciate it. See you tomorrow. Now it's like, Drink tickets. I'm well, still cool. <laughs> drink tickets. It's it's you've toured as I have, especially in New York. Yeah, it's huge. Where every drink's like nine dollars. Yeah. In the Midwest, it's no big, not as big of a deal. Yeah, I didn't know they did that on tour. Like like beer was part of the whole writer dealy. Um, yeah. I mean, usually it depends what kind of club you're playing. Usually the band gets an allotted amount of tickets, unless you're playing a place where they're like, we'll give you half off or something. Well, and you'd usually also get like a case of beer in the room, even yeah. if it wasn't in the writer. I mean. It's funny because I didn't get – we used to play CBs all the time, and it wasn't until we came through on tour with Guttermouth that we got a free case of beer. Okay. They, were so, they were notoriously cheap at CBs on things like that. Well, because they spent it all on upkeep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a janitorial staff, right? <laughs> Plus, I remember the first time I walked into CBGBs, I was like, ew, yuck. And somebody went, go stand up on stage, man. It's the Ramones. And I went, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> I I love CBs. I love playing there. But, you know, somebody was asking me about, you know, when they were closing and, you know, I was I just said I just can't get it up for it. It should, you know, I, I've, I've loved CBs. I've seen some great shows there. I've had I've played some amazing shows there and had some great times. But I've also like, you know, I I can still remember like those nights when, you know, you showed up for your 11 o'clock set and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we're pushing you back to two. Or, oh, here's your 40 bucks for the band. <laughs> so It was a room, man. You know, it's, it's, a venue is, the, in my opinion, the equivalent of 
Pete Townsend talking about a guitar. It's a tool. You know, it's it's something. It's a place you go you said to tool. hear the what <laughs> tool. You said tool. <laughs> it's a wrench. You know, it's it's where you go. And and of course, there's like you can have reverence for a room. Like you know, it's like a Saint Paul's is a, is a cool cathedral. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a building. You know what I mean? I don't want to sound like you know um, disingenuous towards art and architecture, but. CBGB's man, if you went in that joint, it's like it didn't sound good. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Yeah. But I feel like the the mystique will just grow. Like I feel like in 50 years, someone yeah. will be like, "You went to CBGB." No, that's why like, it's actually good that it closed. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. God, I mean, will anybody ever, like? What about places that like you've probably been? Maybe you both have. I've never been, but like ABC No Rio didn't mm-hmm. that still have shows? Isn't that like even more of a shithole? Well, it's kind of a different type of shithole, <laughs> but they still do matinees there every weekend. Yeah, I lived right across the street from yeah. there until four years ago and five years ago and four. Uh, yeah, every Saturday it was wow. freaking awesome. I was on the second floor and I could just sit there. We would, you know, we'd we'd wake up hungover and just sit at the window and look at all the kids and talk about their outfits and it's endless entertainment. What kind of bands play ABC No Rio? Same like you know like it's a crust, rock. Yeah. Band. Oh wow. A, little, a lot of kids with crass pins, but they don't know what it means. Little all ages punk rock bands. Like, yeah, like Man is a Bastard, like all those kind of huh. bands. But I don't know. I, I, we'll see how long it takes for that to become a Varvato store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, that'll be a while still. Somebody, somebody should do the heavy metal parking lot there on Rivington Street. Didn't that get kind of co opted? Didn't they start doing a whole bunch of different parking lots? Like it was punk rock parking yeah. lot and parking lot parking lot. I never saw any of the other ones, but. Heavy metal is pretty hilarious. Yeah. It's priceless. Oh, God. Uh, I actually know a guy who was at that show. Really? Yeah. He was at that priest show, and he saw the crew. Well, the thing about that show is how ageless. You can go to the uh, one. Of, you can go to a show now, and like that, all those people are there, and they were there when I was thirteen. Like, yeah. It's exactly the same. It's so bizarre. That's their jam. <laughs> oh, Judas Priest. Uh, which I didn't even know what that was. I thought it was someone cursing. <laughs> then it had the mystique of evil because it had Judas and Priest in it. Both pretty fucked up people. Very scary. Very frightening. Uh, who's not scary is uh, Matt Devine. Look at that segue. Shabam. <laughs> uh, if you haven't listened to Kill Hannah, they're just a good, good band that have a great following. And Matt has some phenomenal stories. One of those bands that people get the logo tattooed constantly. More than that, all kinds of things. We're going to talk about it. Matt Devine of Kill Hannah and uh, Pure Awesome. It's going on Matt, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Stephen. This is wonderful. Good like morning this? to you. And good morning. Uh, we don't know when you're listening to this, but to us it's morning. Actually, it's <laughs> noon. What the hell? That's rock and roll morning, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Up at the crack of 1 p.m. That, that means you actually did get up early. Uh, Matt, what's yes. new? Um, a lot, I don't know. A lot's new and a lot's not new. Um, I'm living in New York. That's new since since the last time we ever did anything on air. I want, I want to paint the, the picture of the last time I saw you. This, this, and I think this will set up where this is all going to go. Okay. Uh, you were in town uh, from Chicago where you had resided, resided lived and uh we met up at uh joe's it's bar in the east village right joe's joe's is a bar in the east village it is yeah. uh, you can say that anywhere but joe's really a bar <laughs> anywhere we met at a bar in the east village that's, see that's even a dumber thing to say so we met there and you pull out this i could just leave that hanging uh you pull out sheet music 
and we're like, I got to learn this. Oh. And I was like, what is this for? And then this girl showed up who was, uh, was she a violinist or something? Can't remember. Fully tattooed and mostly Mozart, I think. Oh. Wow, okay. Go and on. she was and she was going to help teach you music. And you're like, yeah, um, they've, been, they've asked me to audition for Spider-Man, this new musical. Yeah. And that was like the last I yeah, saw that you. that was actually like more than a year ago. That, yeah. was, that was quite a while ago. And that was, yeah, that was really cool because... Well, I've been in a band for, you know, over a decade. I can't read one <laughs> note of sheet music. And I and my voice isn't trained whatsoever for that kind of, you know, application. So it was like a really cool education for me. It just came up like um came up kind of randomly through a lawyer in Chicago. Probably in the most random way you can imagine. Like you hear stories like this, like literally my my C D happened to be on not even my main lawyer. This is a divorce attorney lawyer, <laughs> like, on her desk. And How did your CD get... Is that what they play to calm people down during divorce <laughs> proceedings? <laughs> no, she was just listening to it for whatever it's, bizarre reason that day. And literally, the CD's caught until there's nothing left of us. That's important for divorce <laughs> yeah, lawyers yeah. to have. Stage one, listen to the lyrics of this album. <laughs> <laughs> Learn to hate your wife. Um, no, but... Uh, so, so he said... Uh, so this producer was there said, you know, this this guy should audition for Spider-Man. She goes, okay, cool. So that just started the ball rolling and then ended up coming out here for a few weeks in a row. I actually hired like an acting tutor and vocal trainer and all that stuff. And and it was just a really cool experience for me because I'd never done anything formally like that, but it was just such a fun thing. You know, you're always goofing around with the band and whenever there's a video camera on you, you're always doing, you know, impersonations and stuff. And impressions and whatever and like it turns out like that's not too far from what some <laughs> acting is on behalf of theater majors like myself everywhere who have trained for years and you just get asked randomly to audition for a broadway musical that's written by bono on the edge and julie Taymor's success with the lion king and movies like titus and other things go fuck yourself man. <laughs> <laughs> what i said i loved it yeah i know you loved it <laughs> Now, is that still going on, Spider-Man? Yeah, that's still going on. I was in it for um, eight months, and then uh, then they ended up firing Julie Taymor. Right, yes. And then they ended up deleting my character, mm. and, they f- and they brought in a new writer. There's like this one, people look at it as kind of Spider-Man version one and version two. Like, I was, I was kind of one of the casualties of that um, evolution from one to two. But it's fine because I had already been in it for eight months, and so were you I was casting it like a year and a half ago. Or two yeah, years. you worked on it for a while. Yeah, uh, was that a, was that a bummer when you got let go, or you're totally cool? It wasn't it? really. It's just the time. It just felt just felt kind of right. It's it's weird going to a job, you know, every day, <laughs> and also I couldn't drink for that eight months. Um, I had to stay like super conditioned, and so I got to go uh, finally. Um, and drink and watch the show. <laughs> that was fun. And when you watched it, did it work all the way through, or did they have to stop down? Um, oh, man. No, it went it went all the way through, but it was a shorter version. But, why you had heard that it stops all the time? I heard, I heard when, you know, because it was in the news all the time. Spider-Man's costing a bazillion dollars. When you go see it, it's, they have to stop it in the middle. Like, we're, we're hold, hold up, everybody, hold up, and, you know, poor guy would be hanging from the ceiling. Or Yeah, it's, it's so surreal to talk about now. When you're in it, it's just like, oh, of course. That's fine. 
Did you ever just start to think, like, not only am I in a Broadway musical, but um, there's the Green Goblin? Yeah, I just thought, like, this is a really kind of cool turn turn in, in my life and something that, you know, leading up to it, like, when you are... It's like anything in, in, the, in the entertainment business. I never take anything super seriously. Like, I'm, like, I'm very ambitious, I'm very driven, but I don't take anybody at their word. So even when you hear you got cast in something like, okay, well, probably won't even open. And then you hear, oh, we got rehearsals tomorrow. I'm like, all right, well, I came out here with one bag because I just, I came out here with a backpack because I wasn't going to bank on anything really happening. And then it finally opened and I still wasn't like, you know, you know, the the moment I was actually on stage performing and my parents were in the audience, that was the first time that it felt totally real. And then I'm like, all right, I guess... I wonder what happens now. Somewhere in my obituary, it might mention this. <laughs> <laughs> like technically, I have stood on a on that stage. Yeah, Broadway stage with like that literally changed Broadway for either yeah. the good or the worse. Uh, so wait, what was going on with the band when you wanted to get when you found out? Hey, they want me for Spider Man. The band. Well, the timing of it was was kind of bad in the beginning because we were setting up a new record and a a touring cycle and we had everybody kind of lined up for that and it would have been a major uh selfish move to to go that way and kind of leave people hanging and thankfully when i was about to say no actually to spider-man they called that day and said that it was postponed it was postponed long enough for us to finish our tour so oh the timing of it was was very fortunate and i didn't end up screwing anybody over and when the time came we, you know, you've known us. You know that we've been a band forever. So yeah. it was kind of a welcome little break. Like mm-hmm. you forget, just you know, you're touring. You're constantly with they're your best friends, and but you're in. It's not really a healthy lifestyle to wake up in a different place every day, and it becomes. It's weird that it becomes a routine because you think, hey, I'm in the one job that isn't a routine, but it actually is. You're around the same people. You're really not. You're not really flexing any different muscles artistically. You're not. You only grow as much as you really force yourself to. So, for I think for all of us, it was it was a really cool perspective to step away for a minute. Brad, Jonah, do you concur? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the routine. I mean, I liked the routine. It was the one time. Like the thing I loved about touring was that it was the only time that my life was reduced to three simple rules, which was get to the show, play a great show. Get some sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, I just I love not thinking like oh, I gotta pay my electric bill. Or, <laughs> you know, I gotta spend three days trying to get laid. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, it does. After you know, there does come a point where yeah, well, the touring versus non-touring thing could be its own show because yeah, I I think about that all the time, and it used to be like like with you, I'm sure as well especially when you're younger, the only priority in your life is I have to tour just because I want to get away and I want to, it seems like you want, you really throw yourself into it and every day seems like a a success and you're like going to war, you know, and it's wonderful. And, uh, going to war, it's wonderful. But then you get, (laughs) (laughs) you got your, you got your crew and you're like, it's kind of like you against, you know. Yeah. And you suspend all progress. Like you, well, you suspend all reality in a way like you're right you're not thinking about anything you're not thinking about anything but what's right in front of you and 
those kids and that night and that town is your entire world. And then you realize, like, you know what? Elsewhere in the universe, people are starting to have kids. People are starting to, like, actually do something with their <laughs> you're, lives. You're you know? in suspended animation. <laughs> yeah, and sure. I'm like, uh, hey, remember me? Remember this outfit? You might remember it from last year and <laughs> the year before that. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of touring, too, is you can wear the same. Yeah. every night because you're in a different town. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to be on tour to do that. <laughs> I think you can still get away with it. But then the advantages of not being on tour, of course, like just having like tea in the morning at the same bistro oh, yeah. or whatever, like little things, like little life things are kind of cool. And I don't know if it's me getting old or what, but I'm I'm starting to to actually enjoy old man crap. Um, well, change, oh, that's is, a good... change is always good no matter what you're doing, you know, like change is good. You need yeah. change. Keeps you young. Delicious. By the way, cursing, what's the what's the policy? This is like anarchy, right? Oh, so, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to I'll stop masturbating for you to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. About <laughs> I do. This it. is the first time. Is this new? The masturbating thing? Yeah, it um, is. I mean, what? You don't think? It's, I think it'll catch on. Okay. Just push the limit. <laughs> yeah. It's not inspiring me, though. You have to keep your glasses on. <laughs> Uh, touring is when we first met. We met in, what was it, 2003? Yeah, it was 2003, mm-hmm. Voodoo, in New Orleans. And Kill Hannah was touring in a bus van that had something something Christian on the side. Oh, yeah. We, we, I mean, we should actually write a book. I'm actually considering it because bands could save about six or seven years from learning from our like fuck ups you, you know, need to like, write that book it's <laughs> yeah. a good the handbook seriously like because the truth is for those of you who don't know bands typically tour in a van or a bus and we were always the band that was like let's try to find something in between that because you know there's got to be something nicer than a van but we can't afford a bus yet so our first uh kind of um attempt at that was we bought for $1,500 an airport shuttle bus. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what everybody thought would be a good idea. The airport slash breakdown shuttle bus. Yeah. And we bought it from a church, so it said, so a church had bought it from the airport and put this huge decal that said Living Word Christian Center on the side. And we bought it and that thing like i mean driving it home from the church it broke down like three or four times in, <laughs> in a toll booth at one point like <laughs> and uh so anyway but as it turns out we got it we got it repaired and and that thing i have no idea how kept we we did our first like two or three years of touring on that thing not not a single seat belt not a single like the thing was a death, just, just a gigantic death box. Like just, I don't know how we survived. How many speeding tickets did you did it get you out of with the? Oh yeah, yeah, that was the advantage too. We got like no one would really ticket us because we said we we're a Christian um, youth group. Or whatever. I would feel like you wouldn't get pulled over even with that if you have like you know like cops would be like ah yeah. You probably couldn't go that fast either, though, right? No. Yeah, that that, that is, can be a plus, no. though, when yeah. you're sharing driving and your bass player is a fucking insane driver. I was down. I would. I, there was a few times I wanted to put the uh, one of those. What do you call those chokes on? Your regulator. Or whatever. Regulator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. This. Yeah. It sounded. You're right, though. I mean, you had the thing pinned the whole time, and it sounded like a like I don't know, like a vacuum, not a vacuum cleaner with like a pebble stuck in it or something. 
You had, I mean, then a couple years ago, you had the worst accident and you all lived. Your bus burned down in Europe. Yeah. That I've was... seen pictures. Yeah, that was probably like the most international press we've ever gotten. <laughs> that was like, uh, that was a tour. That was a really good tour. We were, we were on a one of these large double-decker European tour buses. I don't know if you've been on those, but mm-hmm. they're they're awesome. Like, they're, you have a... Uh, the driver has his own little like town on the first floor, and then there's luggage in the middle and um, a, a lounge in the back. Then there's like a spiral staircase, and up top there's which 16 uh, bunks. Yeah. 16. So like there are people like girls there and stuff like that. Opening <laughs> band was there. Yeah, and, she like, didn't even know we're there. Yeah. Find out three days later. Yeah, and then like <laughs> two lounges, like a front lounge and a back lounge that were all huge. Like it was just a, a blast that bus, but. It was faulty, <laughs> and uh, it was like from a sh- kind of a shady company, and um, and the driver was like, "All drivers are nuts." That's another. That's a whole other show. Yeah, they're all they're all the amphetamine freaks. Who, those things yeah. have got to be tipsy. Yeah, yeah. The, it's tall and and a high center center of gravity, and anyway, so this thing just for whatever reason was like shutting down a couple times. Like, oh, you know, we're having issues with this an alternator or whatever it is it's something that shoots sparks and then like <laughs> and then the next day we're going from from italy to paris and in the alps of france like snow covered picturesque um like eight in the morning like it's dark and we're all woken up to the smell of smoke and a bus pulls over everybody screams you know like everyone off the bus everyone off the bus because we could smell that there's smoke. And I was in my underwear. I grabbed... My girlfriend was with me at the time. We just stepped off. You leave everything. I thankfully grabbed my laptop just in case. You know, we didn't know what was going on. We're like, maybe it's... We thought we'd get on, get off and get right back on. But we get off and everyone turns around and there's gigantic flames coming out of the midsection of, of the bus. And... Where the gear was. The new gear is in the trailer, thankfully. Oh. But, you know, nonetheless, like... All your luggage, all your favorite leather jackets, all your favorite yeah. things, all your family pictures that you choose to decorate your bus with, all that, you know, your blackberries, whatever. And um, all we could do is just sit and watch it burn and then, you know, to the ground and at one point explode. And I got that on video. <sighs> and as I was filming, and I'm in my underwear and no socks, like no shoes. In the Alps. In the Alps. And I start filming it. And everyone's like, you know, girlfriends are crying and stuff. And, like, people are, like, yelling at me for being insensitive or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, what good is it going to do to sit here and not film it, you know? <laughs> it doesn't change what's happening. So I f- And thankfully I did because those ended up, like, on CNN and, like, in all the magazines and stuff. It's not like you were going to put out the fire if you weren't <laughs> filming it. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my fire extinguisher at? Crap. <laughs> Insensitive bastard. Start yeah. peeing. Do something. <laughs> There's a picture of you and I think Greg, bass player of Kilhanna, and and you've got clothes on. You just look dilapidated. Yeah. And you texted me and went, those aren't my clothes. I was basically naked. People driving by like gave yeah, me their yeah. clothes yeah i just wore whatever i could and the, and then the whole band gets in a some sort of bus picks us up and brings us to the only town which is a i don't even know what like a village like a what, like a hob where do hobbits live 
The Shire. Shire, like a Shire. <laughs> Why would I know? Like <laughs> Hobbiton, the Shire. You looked ready. Right like literally, like there's one clock tower, one store. So we're like, everybody needs shoes. So the tour manager's like, I'll go to the store and ask if they have shoes. And they had one brand of shoe, gray, like un you know, like discontinued Adidas on like one size. So we bought out that whole <laughs> rack, and everybody in the whole band was wearing these like hideous gray <laughs> shoes. It was so funny. They and were like, the wrong size. Oh yeah, and, all, <laughs> and then we stayed in this in this uh, hotel then, which is like this alpine kind of ski cottage for three days while we waited for a new bus, mm-hmm. and that ended up being a cool kind of a silver lining because that was everybody in this one tiny place with one restaurant, one bar, and we just took it over and right. just ate. Spaghetti uh, carbonara or whatever it's called. <laughs> spaghetti carbonara. <laughs> we just had spaghetti carbon monoxide it's like one, it's like for weeks. One thing on the menu and you just eat it and you drink and take baths and I don't know. Try and wipe the memory of the fact that you almost combusted. You almost yeah. became a rock and roll cliche. Well, yeah, because you can you sit around you kind of can think about what could have gone much worse because, I mean, that was kind of our attitude because there is, it turns out, the longest tunnel in Europe was coming up in like half a mile. Oh, and had it occurred in there, it would have been much, much, much worse. So the one in Switzerland, who cares? So yeah. I, I've been through one that's like 14. They have right. long as balls tunnel. There's like 14 kilometers. Oh, yeah, I think that was it. And yeah. it's really, really narrow mm-hmm. and claustrophobic. And yeah, my mom like cried the whole time we were driving through it. And I was a kid <laughs> going, this is amazing. I want to live in this tunnel. <laughs> These lights are pretty. I, I couldn't yeah. believe that. I think I texted you. I was one of like the thousand text you got like you're all right like obviously yeah. if i received your text shithead <laughs> yeah fine. yeah no no no. it's cool i appreciate that we get we actually got some really cool um coverage from that and some really thoughtful messages from people like you and um you know that's the kind of curse of our band or we call it that because it just didn't surprise us like at that point like no one in the band had any expression on our face we we're just like huh <laughs> because we've been down. through so much and just happens you your know? band i i used to call your band and a number of bands i call it like uh uh tragedies of rock and roll where i remember when i met you uh for never and ever was coming out on atlantic mm-hmm. and it was a um uh actually i saw you before i met you i saw you at a um at a showcase at mercury lounge atlantic mm-hmm. had and i crammed in the back and i thought you guys were great and and uh for some reason man the label just i who who the fuck knows? Like, didn't do anything. And everybody I talked to the label was so pro Killhand. Like, we love this band. We love these guys. They're so awesome. And uh, were they pushing the darkness at that time or something? Yeah, there's That's- always, like, I don't know how many of your listeners are savvy to the bureaucracy of labels, but once you're signed, it is, you're you're kind of in the game and you're you're competing against everyone on your label for the resources of the label. So we had... Um, you know, whatever ineffectual management at that time, probably one or one of two people I actually despise in this world. One of them is our manager at that time, who was just basically just a pile of shit and useless and worse than useless because actually detrimental. I always said like, you know, if I had if my grandmother was my manager, we would have been better off because she would have like returned phone calls, you know, and told me things. Like, hey, Matt, you know, so-and-so called today. Really? Thanks, Grandma. That's all you need to tell me. <laughs> like, my manager wouldn't even do that. So, anyway, so, yeah. So, we had, we struggled within, within that label. We just, we just kept our head down and 
we didn't even ask for anything. We just tore, tore our asses off and, you know, sustained ourselves. And that's how we got but to they make wouldn't the make, record. Uh, they would, this is the story that kills me. They wouldn't make a video. So you guys made a video. Yeah. Like, like, like I was part of a meeting at Fuse where they, your video was presented. Like you guys offered up the video. And because it didn't come through the label, Fuse's hands were tied and could not play oh, yeah. it. yeah. Well, that was kind of a different... That was just one of many weird blunders. But we had an opportunity for... Our first single was that song, I Want to Be a Kennedy. And mm-hmm. we... The label was all set to push a you know, big video behind it. And they're like... Here's treatments from 15 directors. You guys choose one and let's go make a video. And our manager, you know, screwed that up. So they pulled that video. So we didn't get a video for that song. Then it came time to push our second single. And our manager was on the verge of screwing that up again. So I just said, look, you know, it's not rocket science. Let's just go make a video. And so we got uh, Marvin actually owns Nylon Magazine offered to direct it. So... He got, he uh, had this great casting call for models out in L.A. and um, turned it into kind of like a nylon fashion shoot that we were performing at. And it was a cool, cool performance video. But then, mm-hmm. you know, no one really played it or aired it. It was, it was, it was. Which is fine. It was, I look it was, back and I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of glad. It was My f- hair looked really bad in that video. <laughs> Your hair was flat ironed. <laughs> it looked like, um. Like a wing of like a bizarre bird, like with this with a streak of white in it. Flat iron. And we had oh, as <laughs> another lesson that might be another page for that ebook we're gonna write together. But <laughs> but like they had the you know when every, every everything's kind of a compromise because you're like well we're getting this video for free, how, so you can't really complain. You know like if they hired a wardrobe person it's really disrespectful to tell a wardrobe person who their entire job is to dress the band, to tell them I'd rather dress myself. So there I was, like, putting on clothes that I would never wear. Yeah, the stylist thing in rock and roll is just, it's tragic. Yeah. There was a very Adam Ant-esque vibe to that video of the clothes. I I wish it was Adam Ant. I thought it was more (laughs) like, I don't know, like, Falco meets, like, West Side Story, something that was like, I like... Strate- like jean jackets. See, I'm into that. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> it doesn't sound so bad. Maybe not Falco Taco. Maybe that's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, Taco. No, <laughs> Taco, yeah, different. Yeah. <laughs> w- w- Wolfgang side story. I'd see that. That totally works for me. Yeah, it was one of the... We, I just, I don't know. It's a cautionary tale. Yeah, I guess. But we, you know, in a sense, because at the same time, we learned a lot like by being kind of resilient and being just steady we outlived a lot of a lot of those bands who became the kind of big money focus of the label and then Mm -hmm. were dropped like two months later so our attitude then and now is to just keep our heads down and just you know work as hard as you can at just focusing on you know your fans well Killhan is one of those bands that the fans are true true diehards like you have records that we've talked about that you might not even have a copy of that you can go on eBay and they're, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars to buy. And then you have, you tweet about it all the time. People get kill Hannah tattoos like mad. 
Yeah, like, like so many people. It's yeah. There's, awesome. We started the the kind of archive of those, and there's thousands, thousands, and they're all, all over really, the world. Really creative and really cool. And that's you know that's an indication that I don't know. It's a cool identity thing. Like that's the way I was when I was a kid. Like I, I identified with bands. I wanted to, you know. We've always said that there are bands that sell far more than we do, and are much bigger names and will always be, but. I've never, th- I, I don't, I don't know how many Katy Perry tattoos there are. <laughs> like, you could have like, you know, it's one thing to say like this is the biggest song right now, or, this is my favorite song right now, but to say this is, I want to represent this band, or I want this band kind of, I want to wave their flag. Like, that's the way I, I identified everything by the T-shirts that people wore. Like, my first crush in the world was a girl that had a Cure shirt on, and I wouldn't even notice if she wasn't wearing that shirt yeah. and she was wearing it at school orientation and i was like she became my like obsession like <laughs> if she was wearing something else and you know who knows oh, yeah. i remember seeing the chick with the echo and the bunnyman shirt and i'm like i don't know what that is <laughs> but i'm intrigued yeah by the shirt and what's under it i'm very confused <laughs> what is this feeling this is bizarre <laughs> It's like I'm crawling um, and crying at the same time. You remember those Nine Inch Nails shirts they came out with black ink on black shirts? Do you remember those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that was the second one I saw. I remember, <laughs> I remember another girl wearing that. I was like, I want, I want to be on you. <laughs> Twice. Do, do you play video games at all? I play whatever's on the iPhone, like Fruit Ninja. I have a couple. <laughs> Epic Mickey was a good game, but I don't sit. Like my brother-in-law will sit with Call of Duty and... You know, yeah, you don't have like the PS3 or anything like that. No, I've got, I've got a, I've got a no, Wii. No, I never got into yeah. it. Matt, are you or no? I just, I wish I I I'm, I like commit to one game like a Splinter Cell, like something that is like unplug your phone, close the blinds, like <laughs> sit there in your own filth for like five <laughs> days type thing. So I don't I I just don't buy the system anymore because I'll do that. I'll play a game until it's done. Well, for yeah. touring though, I mean, geez, it's like. Oh man, touring. It's valuable. It is, especially when, the, you know, these buses are obviously when you're done, it goes to another band and bands leave things f- on there and they have this whack ass, weird proprietary gaming system. I don't even know what it was. It was like Octavision or whatever when we got in the back of this. Coleco. Bus. Yeah, but something. It's like all these games and we're like, no one's ever going to play this, whatever. And then cut to like the second day and like, Everyone's obsessed with these weird games you can't get anywhere. Really? Else. These, this yeah. is in Europe? This is in Europe. So I ended up loving this chintzy, like, 8 bit graphic game. It was like the original Bass Fisherman game, which, <laughs> which is like, though you can't mimic bass fishing with the controller. It's like, you have to, like, it was such a quirky thing, but I got so obsessed. Like, I'm like, somewhere in this lake is just gigantic bass, and I have to find it, and I. I'd stay up late, My, you know, I finally got the bass, and it was like, I was so proud of it. I didn't let anyone touch the screen. I'm like, you leave this up. <laughs> I took a picture of it. Um, and I looked online, I'm like, I wonder if there's a community of people like, no, that you can't even find any record of this game. This is just, this probably doesn't, this is like an episode of, you know. It's the Twilight Zone. You so you're, so what drug exist. were you yeah, on? It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> what drug were you on that you thought you were playing a basket? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, what is that really? Like, so was it just a dude in a boat? And then you just press button, or you wait? <laughs> like, yeah. is it just, like, really, yeah. like, fishing for hours? You just wait? <laughs> it's, like, It's just like fishing. You sit. And his pole it moves, sucks. and you're like, oh, B, 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 B. It's like, yeah. t- Matt, you sleep and fuck you, I'm playing a game. <laughs> yeah. And the music is all, like, you know, 
bit music. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's it's totally it's an it's immersion into like a different world where it's not trying to be. Yeah, too realistic. I've I, some of the yeah some of those old games are really really cool. Yeah, the eight bit Nintendo stuff is still my favorite. I still have my old Nintendo hooked up that I'll like on occasion, rare occasions, go play like. But the cartridges, remember the whole like you have to blow in it and putting oh, it yeah. in and. That's I dating all of us, man, because yeah. I know that. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can date you. <laughs> 2,600. Dude, I played, Sorry. I played Super Mario Brothers so much, I played it on, like, a black and white TV, like, this big. <laughs> and it was rounded edges, so it cut off the top and bottom. <laughs> so I memorized where every jump was in the game through trial and error, and I would, like, run up, hit it at a spot, like, the thing would be this big, I'd know where it was, and I beat the game that way. I must have played it, I had literally had every jump memorized. And then uh, I brought that TV down to my room, and I was psyched at my first TV, I was, like, 15, and I was watching NYPD Blue, and I had a bottle of NyQuil on top of it, and I spilled the NyQuil into the TV, into the vents, and it started smoking, and the video part stopped working, but the audio still worked. So for high school, I just listened to TV when I couldn't sleep, just like the audio of like whatever sitcom was on. Is that weird? I just thought about that. I've never really told anyone. It would have been that. weirder if it turned everything you watch Nyquil. That's green. what I was wondering. <laughs> no, dude, was but Nyquil is not good for electronics, apparently, <laughs> especially vacuum tubes. I, I I had a radio when I was a little kid that got TV stations, and we would do a lot of traveling, like out to the Midwest to visit my family, and I would just sit there. And listen to these movies or whatever I could get until, like, you know, until we'd get out of range. So I'd never get a whole movie. But then for years later, I would see a film and I'd be like, I, I know the storyline, <laughs> but I don't, like, I didn't know the actors. <laughs> I could not it doesn't where look it was familiar. <laughs> I saw this film and I swear it had completely different actors. <laughs> Listening to voices to fall asleep, though, is something I always do. Actually, I think this would be a good show to fall asleep to. Oh, great. You guys have soothing, <laughs> you guys have that, soothing voices. That's our tagline right there. <laughs> yeah. Are you tired? <laughs> Listen to off track. Are you not tired? You will be. You will be. Um, we, will bore will the be pan- we will bore you into a coma. <laughs> what, um, what, is Kellyanne, are you guys still on Roadrunner? Or? No. No. Uh, no. As of, like a, as of two, two years ago, okay. we're no longer. Then the last record was out on that imprint of Universal. Right called original signal who have now who we we kind of had a hand in bankrupting and now well, we are well done huh <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> 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 and, and, uh, and now we Lots are um yeah now we're you know on our own are you gonna do that are you gonna go with like the route because i think you guys no, can do it i th- actually you know we're i don't know how much i would i would actually divulge or whatever but but personally my attitude for another Kill Hannah record would be only, I, I would think old school in terms of label in the sense that I would like it to have the full influence and kind of financial backing of a real proper release, almost like the 80s, where I would really hope that it would have a radio, you know, marketing budget, a video budget, um, you know, press budget a full international coordinated release um we kind of made the mistake on the last record of trying to you know if if some people can pull it off and really kind of forge ahead and and be that at that vanguard of where the the business is 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 shaping up to be um i don't think that the industry has yet reached that 
new happy place where everyone can succeed. So I think we're still in the kind of shadows of that early empire, and I would like to exploit it one final time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you can do it, do it. Get it while you can. But but also some also because we're we're older now, you know, because we're not as willing to simply just scratch it out if we if we have to it's um and i'm the songs that i'm writing i believe are um are suited to that kind of mm-hmm. scale of of a launch we just did a video yeah i did it did, went, went yeah, viral two, it was great yeah thanks actually two i don't one one was like a that horror video like a kind of a halloween video i don't know if you saw that i've seen one. that i've seen the piano okay yeah the burning the burning organ one that Bruno Mars ripped off. You know what? I, I do. When 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 <clears throat> Grenade uh, came out and I saw the video, I was like, "Oh, this is like that Kill Hannah video that went viral." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have. We're actually. Our lawyers are are talking, and that's actually kind of. I mean, I don't mind saying it on here because, you know, I'm. I've no doubt whatsoever that they did. Push for settlement. More. There's more money. <laughs> I mean, I just want, I just want them to, to recognize it, and mm-hmm. you know, however, that materializes. But oh, I forgot about that. But it's weird. Like we, I don't know to anybody who doesn't know, we we put out a video for a song called "Promise Me." It was an idea that I had for a couple of years, of a girl. It's a breakup song, so the concept is the girl, in the in the happiest times of relationship, gives the boyfriend this beautiful antique organ as a gift. And it becomes a symbol of their happiness, whatever. So when they break up, he drags it, wraps in a rope, drags it for miles throughout the entire city and countryside to a, you know, hidden coal yard somewhere, burns it, and chops up with an axe. And then... Tales old as time. Yeah. Who hasn't done that? And then we... uh, So so we put that out, and um, as we're editing, editing ours... It took us, like, from the time we shot it to the time we released it, it was, like, six or seven months. And in that time, while we're about to release it, Bruno Mars comes out with his video for Grenade, which is, like, shot for shot. And, you know, we learned later that, you know, he's on Atlantic, we were on Atlantic, the director Mm -hmm. was an old friend of ours who had shot our our press photos. It was shot in Chicago with, I think, even a couple people from the same crew. So there's, like, just far too many coincidences right um so anyway so our we're we're kind of pursuing that in whatever sense we can that without being um obnoxious i mean we've been the thing is we've never ever sued anybody Mm -hmm. but we've been sued a lot who sued you guys like different people stupid stuff like people who's Photos they say that we used without their permission. Models who have appeared in things without signing release, like just things, and we and just uh, the the tedious stuff, the tedious, the tedious stuff, like just annoying, annoying, like senseless, just things that clutter up the judicial system. And so we're sitting here, like, well, here's a case that's at least as good as all those situations where we've been sued. So we've. uh, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but but the lawyers for Atlantic are talking to our lawyers. I think for the most part, and we, we've discussed that here before about how 
you know, you'll hear a song and you're like, that sounds a lot like this. And a lot of the bigger bands, bands can do it just like, well, look, to shut you up in the nicest way, I don't want it to look like I stole something. Because mm-hmm. there's probably no doubt in my mind, Bruno was like, wait, what, who, what, huh, you did what, you know? Like, I don't want this to look like, you know, I'm a thief. Mm-hmm. So can we settle? Can we figure that out? I've, I know a number of bands that have had that happen to them. Does he, like, smash the whole thing apart, too, at the end? I never saw no, his No, I didn't. His you know what the video. funny thing is? I've, um, I kind of refuse to watch that video. Mm. But I see, I see the clips of it, and I see the, uh, the, sh- the, the shot-for-shot comparisons. Right. And, um, but, but as I understand it, they, he brings his, his piano, he has a train hit. So he brings it uh. to, a, to a track, and that's a train hit it. I would think the fun part of doing the video would be the fact that you got to A, burn it, and B, yeah. smash it. Yeah, you were right on the money there. And that's a one-taker, <laughs> too, because that was like at a sunset. It looked like sunset. Yeah. You had a window of like oh, this yeah. amount of time, because I, when I watch stuff, like I know, like okay, we're shooting this. You got one time to burn this, and you got one time to smash it, and the sun's about to set. And yeah. it was like all, like how long did it take for that, that whole? That's really like intuitive of you to notice, because I took all that stuff for granted that you have one chance. This is one, this is, this organ is a hundred and something years old. I only have one of them. We have to get this right. And none of us had ever burned an organ before. So we, <laughs> I took a whole bunch of flammable stuff. I burned stuff. a whole bunch of organs. <laughs> so I took, I took flares, <clears throat> the gunpowder from flares and dumped it all in there. I took a whole bunch of, this is a trick I learned from being a pyro in grade school, <laughs> rubber cement. Rubber yeah, cement yeah. burns and doesn't go out. Right. I've only used that internally. You can't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rubber cement pop. wind could blow and it yeah. just doesn't burn. Again, it's from being a kid and burning shit and yeah. just doing stuff. You know, like, <laughs> oh, let's see what that looks like. And yeah. Then, yeah. So Jonah and I are obviously very safe. At the, hard, <laughs> yeah. at the hardware store buying stuff, I'm like, okay, I need four cans of rubber cement. Like, just the weirdest shopping list ever. But anyway, poured a bunch of rubber cement all over it. Obviously, gas, uh, gasoline, lighter fluid. And when we lit it, thankfully, it went right up, and the wind was blowing at that time, so it really fueled it. I had, actually, the fire department um, as consultants, so they kind of told me, like, there's burning temperatures, like, things burn at different mm-hmm. things, and nice. some things are far more dangerous than others, and I just ignored everything they told me. And uh, <laughs> thankfully, it just it was great, and we got the window, and the sun was setting, and we were very lucky. Yeah, I was going to say, because that all had to happen, like, per- yeah. everything worked perfectly. And it was like, you knew you couldn't be like, oh, hold up, you know, <laughs> time out. You gotta, you know, you're not wheeling another one of those there. You yeah. only had, I mean. Oh, yeah, or, like, the camera just happens to, you know, break at that moment or whatever, so. And shooting anything outside is always asking for, like, just some super trouble to happen, you know? And then yeah. the fact that you guys got that shot has looked amazing. Yeah, thank you. And, if I, yeah, if anybody listening wants to see it, just, just YouTube, um, Kill Hannah, promise me. It's gorgeous. And now, actually, it's being played at, you know, those they show stuff before movies in the theaters where yeah. you're waiting there for half an hour? It's on that, it's doing that circuit now, whatever oh, really? that's called, where people are, like, sitting to get their early. It's like a short film. Yeah. yeah. Matthew Perry and Bruce Willis were in what movie? <laughs> a, Whole Nine Yards. B, Die Hard. C, yeah. Kill Hannah Promise Me, yeah. up next. Coming up next. <laughs> what? I was pretty good with the voice there. I, I, can, yeah. I can do a good movie phone. New record is finished? and you're. No, we're, we're writing right now. We're demoing. And uh, so we, we're going to Australia in February to do the Soundwave Festival. Yeah. Which is like a three-week tour through Australia. And then we're doing uh, a couple weeks in England and possibly Japan. And so it would be nice if we have uh, 
if we could have a single to tour behind. Mm. So that's what we're talking about is possibly kind of like a a single to then set up an album release in summer. Who's in the band now? Everyone, this would be the original thing. You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't actually, our attitude right now is we wouldn't, we're not going to do this unless it's, it's, you know, it's all or nothing. So. Because it's, it's basically always been you, from what I know, you, Dan and Greg have always been the stalwarts. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Johnny, Johnny's, Johnny's the only one who now won't be in this incarnation of the band. Okay. Um, and he, he's, his replacement is a really cool kid. Right. Young guy from, uh, the band Bad City and uh, Power Space run Fueled by Ramen. Right, yep. And he, he filled in for a couple European tours and just a great, great kid. And now he's full on it. And now he's, yeah, he's going to be a member. Oh, that's awesome. And is Cyrus playing drums? Um, Elias, Elias. Elias, sorry. Yeah, Elias. I knew it had a U.S. in it. There was an S at the end. <laughs> you can't have hot people on tour with you, females, that is. <laughs> That's why you can't have like every girl in the world volunteers to be your merch girl. Right. I just want to go, you know. That's like, such a bad deal. Dude, that's a horrible <laughs> idea. No, we need like a fat Asian dude to do merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need true. Kano over here. <laughs> we need Kimbo Slice to be merch guy. <laughs> That'd be awesome to have Kimbo Slice as your merch guy. Scaring and everyone into buying shit. <laughs> you yeah. want this sweatshirt? I didn't, but I do now. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take two. How do you buy a hundred fifty dollars worth of merch? What do you hey, have? Triple XL. I'll take it. We're doing something cool for merch um, at our Christmas show. That I should mention. Mm-hmm. We're doing a big Christmas weekend, which is the only show that we're doing this year in Chicago. It's it's three shows over two days. Probably sold out already. Um, the first the first two are. It's crazy. But. but the second one or the third one isn't if you'd like to come to the Saturday night but um, we're offering tattoos like you mentioned like kids are getting our tattoos so we have a partnership with a tattoo parlor and the charity to write love on her arms oh, so really? we have this like program where should you choose to you can get at a discount one of uh, two or three Kilhanna tattoos or a to write love on her arms tattoo and you pay whatever, and then a, a portion of that goes to the charity, and the other goes to the parlor. So it's just a cool, you know, it's a cool opportunity for these kids. A lot of them cool. are traveling from other countries, so just it's 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 something cool. All right, awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Right on. Thank you. Thanks, man. All right. We never even asked. I want to ask you about any Bono the Edge good stories. Were they ever in there? Or? Yeah, they're there all the time. They really, they were like yeah. like fully involved. Fully involved. They became our buddies. Like I had, I had great, great nights drinking with them. I've heard. I've heard Bono is the one thing you don't know about Bono is that he does smoke. Really? Yeah. I. I. You know what? I can't say that I saw him smoking, but I do. I've spent many nights. You know, he's like an Irish bloke. You know, yeah. whatever they say. Like you know, we were in like a pub till four in the morning drinking bushmills. But you're sitting there, and did, did every did every once in a while your brain go, oh, it's Bono? Yes, it went. <laughs> it did that once when I realized that I wanted to leave, bef- <laughs> like before. <then. laughs> like, like, like when I was like, I'm actually gonna go, and I'm like, it's just weird. Yeah. Because it's like, like, you, it's like you, hey, you, Bono. you good, Bono? Yeah. You okay? Yeah. I'm like, it's four. I'm gonna. Wow. I'm just gonna go. Thank you. 
Matt Devine, glorious dude. I've seen him play, I've seen Kill Hannah play so many times and they never disappoint. And they're one of those bands that you always think, how can bands make this work? A lot of makeup. Um, and they would have lights on their guitars that were like synchronized. They would always jump at certain points and it was all very timed and calculated. And I don't know, you'd always kind of, eh, whatever bands like that right always fucking worked for them they would have like lights they would have samples they had everything put together they were one of killian is one of the bands that'll treat like a basement like giant stadium right and uh nothing but respect for well them. when it works too it's awesome yeah like, let's let's face yeah, it yeah you just can't half it i feel like you really need to commit you can yeah you can Did use you ever the- see vox Many, many times. I was on the Warp Tour with them, those and lights, I was good friends with those they dudes. They committed with the lights on that. Yeah, they did, and they built all that stuff themselves. And yeah. they're, I can't remember, I think it was Greg, one of the dudes in the band, it wasn't Greg's, another guy, but uh, he played keyboards, guitar, and did all the lights oh. during the set. <laughs> it was incredible. That, them and That's um, a show in like inner party, yes. inner party System, another band like that, we saw yeah. them. Yeah. They just, it's like, you're... And like even as support, they would pull out all these boxes and lights. And I also I have to say though, when it doesn't work, it's also kind of awesome. <laughs> it's like really fog machine right up there on the amp, <laughs> looking good. <laughs> I remember what, it, what was it? It was um, and I I think I even talked to them about it. it was Avenge Sevenfold played Warp Tour outside during the day? They pulled out the fog machine. <laughs> Uh, I think they were even laughing about it. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> fog." I loved it. I worked. I worked on that Taste of Chaos tour one summer for AP, and it was like, uh, like Deftones, As I Lay Dying, Atreyu. We were uh, on that tour. I was there. Yes, you were there, and it was. I had this realization. I was like, "Man, like it's crazy. You guys have so many amps," and they're like, "Oh, those aren't real." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "Look back there, and there's just like a combo amp with a mic, and they're like, there aren't even speakers in those. They're just for show." And I feel like that was like. Maybe not exclusive to the metal community, but I didn't grow up with that, like, in the punks. So I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, we just hang stuff on them. But, like, everyone has them, so we have to have yeah. them. Like, it looks weird if we don't have My, them. I had a friend that what? was in a band that toured with Metallica in, like, the very early 90s. And, or, yeah, like, maybe, like, 92 or something. And he, not only did he... he 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 may have been busting my balls, but he they had the wall of fake marshals. He's right. like, they're all empty. There's no speakers in them. He said, they're real marshal cabs, so they look real. He said, but then the clincher was, he goes, yeah, the real amps are under the stage, under a grill, like the way you would put a monitor, and they're all uh, rolling jazz courses. I thought they Which played, may have been, he may have been totally pulling my chain, but. I thought they played nothing but Mesa Boogie. <laughs> they may have. Maybe that was what was down there and he was just busting me, but. This is why drummers will always be cool. <laughs> Can't fake that shit. Well, and then I remember, I don't know if they still do it. I think they might, but I saw Weezer was going just through the PA. I saw them in England, like, uh. 12 years ago or something and there were no amps on the whole stage <laughs> i've seen that of- yeah i've seen that, <laughs> that I we also it's weird 12 I- years ago they could have been using the pod yeah those. totally and so many people were into the pods they're like pod bands <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god is that done well yeah because plugins sound better now there's oh, plugins yeah. that do the same stuff but now we have podcasts. Yeah, boom. We're going to have another <laughs> one ne- next week. Uh, music today by the Goops. Actually, it's just every day by the Goops because it's just awesome. Brad, you write good stuff. Thank you. Hmm. I, had, I had some help. What? <laughs> and it was a long time ago, too. <laughs> See? But it holds up well. It does. <laughs> that's good. Um, that's the end of that one. Yeah!
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.